0: Welcome to episode 596 of the Aussie Tech Heads, recorded on the 9th of August 2018. Aussie Tech Heads is brought to you by ATH Web Hosting at ATHWebhosting.com.au. Servers operate on SSL drives, immediate activation, SSL certificates, Aussie support, domain registration, easy, word, easy install of WordPress, Joomla, and Drew Powell. I'm your host, Jason Oakley, and we have back again Australia's two top podcasters. I'm joined this week by Mr. Will Tomkinson. Hey, Will.
1: Ignore him. He's only partially drunk. <laughs> Where's my microphone? <laughs> Hang on, I'll, I'll arrange that for you. Never going to give you up,
0: never going to let you down.
1: Now people have to watch the show. Like, what the? What are, you? What are they talking uh, about? <laughs> yeah. Get onto I'm YouTube, so watch it now, go on. Yep. Stop! Stop! Right! Stop listening to the audio right now. Get on YouTube and watch it. They don't know who we are because we don't do this no, show anymore. No, I've never seen <laughs> we live two wackos. I'm glad you mentioned what show it was because I'm sitting there going, "What show are we doing tonight? Where's 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 Joe and Jordan? Where's Joe
0: and Jordan? They're the stars now. You two losers, get off! Get off! You're
1: old, old news, burnt out hacks.
0: <laughs> Doesn't it make you feel old? We've been doing podcasting for what 10 years or more.
1: Yeah, well, I've been I've been on this show since episode two hundred. Yep, I've been listening since episode one. So yep. The- <laughs> so, yep, been a while. You thought they needed some talent, right? <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, they're clearly clearly open to to anything at all. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, if they put us on, they sure
1: are. I know. Right? There's no. There's no prerequisites. It's, it's just like, do you own a microphone and a webcam? Yeah. Yes. Okay, Can you make yeah. a fool of yourself for an hour? Yes. yes. I'll see you next week. No <laughs> week. I wonder we're the top two. <laughs> we meet all anyway? the requirements. Yeah, not too bad. Good. Bloody cold. Oh, man. Oh. It's been colder this week than it has been when we're actually in winter. True. Um, <laughs> it, We've had, oh, because I'm out west of Ipswich, so we get desert weather. So we're getting, it's, it's, it's really. full got a job with a company, drilling for oil. <laughs> pretty much we've had well speaking of rain we've had three million well s- six or eight weeks um but we've we had we've been getting minus one minus two mornings and 30 degree days That's so nuts. it's really screwing with me at the moment
0: <laughs> i think we get up to about 26 or something in about four overnight
1: yeah yeah it's uh it's it's been hard actually because the the just the transition is, is ridiculous because it's a minus one or minus two but it's actually uh uh feels like minus four, minus five some mornings. Yeah. And then you get a frost on top of that, and then you get fog with the frost and then you uh, get the wind and stuff frosty,
0: like that. the snowman. How's the little fella hanging on
1: Yep. <laughs> oh still wait, there. hang on. <laughs> no, he's, he's doing well. He's he's streaming. It, it looks like your Halo is
0: a bit tilted. There, falling off, sir. So. <laughs> um,
1: yeah, no, he's fine. He's he's um, uh, three in, what, eight weeks. Nice. So wow. yeah, he's he's loving it and lapping it up and still. Yeah,
0: I saw. I think I saw he got a new cubby house.
1: He did, well a pre love cubby house. Yeah. But uh yeah, no, we had neighbours who were moving out and um they couldn't didn't have room in their new <laughs> the new house that they just bought for a ridiculous amount of money and can't afford to pay off. They don't have room in the backyard for a cubby house. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I got it and I got it and cleaned it all up for him and made it look pretty and and then realized, how do I move a 150-kilo cubby house by myself? On the back. <laughs> so I uh, drilled, uh, drilled a couple of holes through the back of it and mounted a couple of wheels on it and pushed it uh, around like a wheelbarrow. So, <laughs> nice. So, yeah, he loves that. And, Nothing if not inventive, are you? <laughs> no, well, you know, you do what you got to do. You should do. have video but
0: YouTube he... that one.
1: <sighs> yeah, I'd never live that one, do you? <laughs> Bad enough I put a hole through the fence.
0: That'd be the, uh, yeah, that'd be the only reason <laughs> people watch this show anyway, be
1: your antics on YouTube. Uh, yeah. We decided to cut down some trees and that was worked flawlessly right up until the point where somebody decided to record the last tree and then it all went pear shaped and fell through the fence. Up until that, we had not have a problem. <laughs> First it was flawlessly and now
0: it's fencelessly. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, it's performance anxiety. <laughs> Don't do
0: it now. <laughs>
1: It's somebody yeah. taller
0: than me, I can't go.
1: <laughs> but no, it was, uh, it was, yeah. It's been a while since I've been a good couple of months. I has been on the show, so yeah. I was, I was confused as to what show we're doing because we're doing uh, Aussie Tech Crypto predominantly now, and I'm like, oh yeah, it's late at night, must be that. Oh wait, no. hang on, it's not. <laughs> I think I do have a story that's got a
0: bit of crypto, but I suppose we should jump in and start on these things. People well, I guess didn't we come mention, here just to listen to us waffle onto each other. Did they why did they come
1: here? What wasn't so what else did they come here for? <laughs> <laughs> um, we should mention too, yeah, obviously also tech crypto. If you haven't checked it out, check it out. But we was also um we're heavily invested in Stray Yep.
0: Um,
1: which is it's actually doing quite well at the moment. It's actually got people it's mining the it. So only it's one.
0: Everything's in and, the red.
1: Uh, that's it. Stray pretty cool. Um, Striker, and- who we never mentioned, not on this show or any other
0: show, has <laughs> messaged me today, you know, going, you know, that $6,000 I invented
1: in crypto, it's worth $674. Well, you know that nothing I've, I've invested in Straycoin, it's yep. worth $75 now. Nice. <laughs> so let's see who got the better deal out of that one. <laughs> so yeah, it's all funny. And yeah, and we have
0: to say, poor Glenny couldn't make it, he had other plans tonight, you know. Probably going to the was ballet it, or, or star, yeah, in starring song, yeah. in the
1: ballet, doing a bit of dancing. Bingo or something. It's a bingo. Or is it? they <laughs> had to go and dye his hair purple. I think that's what it was. Deep purple. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we look forward to glove. seeing
0: it on the next
1: show, Glenn. <laughs> the, the blue rinse. Big problem with the green screen. We'll, we'll have to chroma key it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I loved it, an episode that had OMG uh, Chad on, I can't remember what show, it was on one of the shows, and it's a live stream and while they are doing it's it, one of the technicians hair. got him chroma keying his hair. <laughs> so like, throughout the show, his hair kept changing colours because whoever doesn't know OMG Chad has this really fluoro pink hairdo, oh, yeah, yeah. like insane. And yeah, so the, the tech throughout the show, like every minute or so, changed the colour of his hair. <laughs> <It> was <different. laughs> that was
0: funny. Anyway, what are we doing? Uh, It's a big day for Google and Android today with the announcement of Android 9 being released as well as naming the version Android Pie. Nom, nom, nom. As well as naming but, the latest
1: you know, slightly better than American Pie.
0: Yeah. <laughs> as well as naming the latest version of Android after a tasty treat, Google has also unveiled the latest Android launch statue <clears> at plex <Googleplex. clears throat> The unveiling was fittingly planned for 314 PM, you know, Pi approximately 3.14. In front of plex where the statue denoting the current version of Android is placed before being moved. In front of Building 44 where the Android team is based or down in front of the Google Merchandise Store on Landings Drive. So that's been rolled out to people with the Pixel 2 Google phone. I'm on Samsung S9 with Telstra, so I should get
1: it by the end of next year i was about to say the same thing <laughs> i'm with vodafone so although i i did actually get an update this that's the day of the launch ah. i don't know if i don't know what update it was but i got an update <laughs> i have the june update
0: last applied on july 5th and i've been checking every day and there's nothing new there so it's going to go through the telstra checks which mm-hmm. you know six to
1: 12 months before you get anything Mine came through last night. What software info, what am I currently running? Android version say still Android version 7, 3.10.161.
0: Yep.
1: Okay, not quite as impressive. hoping it was something better than that, but no. Are
0: you keen on the new um, note with the stylus? Bright yellow sure stylus? Is
1: <laughs> well, it's all the notes that got a stylus. Hey. Um, yeah, look. I, anything that stops you from losing it is not a bad thing. Yeah. Um, the best thing they did, I think, it was on the Note three. It might have been the Note two. It wasn't on the original one. The best thing they did was introduce a warning. So if you don't have the stylus in and your phone starts moving, as if you start walking or something like that, it actually vibrates at you and lets you know your stylus is missing. Ah. So, nice. which is great because occasionally, if you drop your phone hard enough, mm-hmm. it actually pops. Like that's clip. That's clipped in. Yep. And if you smack it hard enough, it'll actually pop out. So the fact that it has that vibration warning to let you know that it's missing, I've never lost a stylus since they introduced that. On my original note, I think I went through about probably two styluses a month. Yep. Um, Now, since they introduced that feature, I've I've never lost a stylus. I don't think I've had a stylus since the Palm OS and Pocket PC days. A pocket PC, wow! Yeah. One of them. <laughs> that's like, that's that's pre Palm Pilot. That is, yeah. <laughs> that Palm Pilot, you had The HP, whatever they were. Running. I loved
0: loved my Handspring Prism, Handspring Visor Prism, and uh, yeah. And I could, I bought a phone module that you clip on the back of it, put a sim in it, and it turns into your mobile phone. It was really awesome. And it was the probably one of the first phones that could do multiple SMS. You just type in your message once and then go, who you want to send it to tick, 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 go. And so I was like, yeah. guess what? I'm going to be a dad. Tick, 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 send. That's how long it was. 15 years ago.
1: It was. And you could do, um, it had flash memory from memory, like memory, flash memory cards you put in the back to increase yeah. your memory size. Yeah. <laughs> Which one did you have? I had the see-through green. Mine was like a see-through skeleton case green. Oh, okay. I think mine was
0: uh, bluey, maybe cobalt blue or something. Oh, weird you had there. the
1: cobalt blue one. Yeah. yeah. Mine was sort of a,
0: yeah. I love that phone thing. though. It was awesome. I made a game on it. You can do a search online for Quirl Q-U-I-R-L. And uh, I called myself Zigzag Software for that one. And uh, it was like, a, it was a gem matching game. And I didn't, I didn't sell that many of it, but I wrote music using a mod tracker this is, uh, welcome to, uh, that. old fire So I, wrote, <laughs> no, I used no, a no. mod tracker and wrote music and it would play that. And I did a Christmas version with Christmas graphics that you could get free if you've already paid for the other one. And it had Christmas music that played in the background. Oh, it was fun.
1: So they were MIDI, weren't they? they MP3. Were pretty... Oh, were they? Yeah. Oh, okay. MP3. Oh. That must have been no, 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 really, no, no. no. It
0: would have been would have been MIDI, yeah.
1: Must have been MIDI or piece, piece. Yeah. Maybe.
0: Well, it was a mod PC. tracker file that they had back in the old PC days.
1: I was going to say it wouldn't have been MP3 because the first MP3 was that uh, Nokia Explorer. Yeah, I think it was uh, wave samples that were sequenced.
0: Yeah, and st- they could raise That's the pitch it. and lower it. Yeah. yeah. Since we're talking about anyway. it. <laughs> Nice segue, Palm's smartphone return appears to be still on track for 2018. From a report, last year an executive at TCL confirmed that the dearly departed mobile brand would be making a comeback as part of a smartphone conglomerate's portfolio, and with a little under 5 months left in the year, the PVG100 has hit the FCC and Wi-Fi alliance. The handset was spotted by Android Police, but we don't have much more to go on than the name and a couple of Wi-Fi bands. As the site notes, however, the absence of 5 gigahertz support leads one to surmise this won't exactly be a barn-burning b- flagship. The handset also looks to be mm. running Android 8.1. Not really a surprise, given that Android Pie is still limited
1: pixel and a smattering of other devices. I mean, it's not the end of the world. 5G hasn't rolled out to <laughs> Hardly almost anyone anyway. anyway yet. So <laughs> that's a big deal. That's kind of you know putting the cart before the horse a bit there. Yep. It looks like a sexy looking phone. Have you seen the photos of the thing? Share one. I'm trying to. I'm just trying to get the load. Not um, oh, great. It loads their logo, but it won't load the photo. The typical <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'll have to load this dodgy one here. It looks awesome. It's like a oh, curved, nice. a curved screen, full full face screen. It's sort of got this. Looks like the whole is slightly curved. Yep really pristine, like, and obviously the viewing angle is pretty immense too, by looking at that photo. Yeah. It looks
0: about 40 degrees. Oh, sorry. You're not
1: talking about that angle. And the, the, whoops, um, yeah, I like the, the styling of it's fully rounded too. It's not a,
0: you know, it's not, it's not like a
1: elongated oval sort of deal. So be really interesting to see. Elongated. Is he any
0: relation to Elon Musk? <laughs>
1: and, uh, maybe if you um, cross
0: Bill Gates and Elon Musk, Elon Gate.
1: It's um, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, it's going to be one of the first. I don't think Palm's ever done a phone without a keyboard, so or a device without a keyboard for that matter. So it's going to be. I mean, I know they had the Palm pod, but I'm pretty sure from memory it's still flipped out with a keyboard. Or was it just? I know Blackberries did. They were all
0: virtual keyboards on the Palm because it had the uh, handwriting oh, recognition. Right. You that's had to right. had to learn how to again. do a A by starting up there, going yeah. up across, and then back. They that's right. You had yeah. special. You it had to learn their graffiti. Yeah,
1: it wasn't handwriting recognition. It was how, how 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 can you learn to write again? Yeah, that's what it was called. <laughs> like, how do, yeah. I do
0: I do a Q again? Go and then don't take your pen.
1: Yeah. No, that was O. Try again. I think P. it was loosely. Loosely based on shorthand, I think, but very loosely. Yeah. But it's a nice looking phone. It'd be interesting to see that that there's really, as you said, there's really nothing in the way of specs or anything like that. It's got nothing um, to
0: do with the Palm Company anymore
1: or any of that. No. Well, it's Palm Ventures Group is the company now. Yeah, but um, but it's run by TCL. Yeah. Who made my so TV? Yeah, I mean TCL, you know, make all the the good guys stuff. You know, I mean, like they're yeah. fairly. Big spread, actually. Mine's a TCL too. Now (laughs) I think about it, they don't do bad products. They do really well priced Mm. stuff. It's not the best, but it's probably the best at that price. Yeah. Um, you know, so it'll be interesting to see how it how it pans out. But uh, I don't know. Is there any love for Palm anymore? It's like saying I think I think a
0: lot of people. It's not not BlackBerry. They brought out another one, and everybody's it runs Android and it's got the physical keyboard, and people like why.
1: Yeah, But Palm,
0: people still have a love for Palm, even if it's not by Palm, it doesn't have the Palm OS, but it looks, it looks
1: cute. Oh, it looks, it looks Can amazing. Get for your I kids. Mean, yeah, but being Palm, it's going to be a thousand dollar phone probably. <laughs> well, TCL, you just said had good pricing for their stuff, so. Um, I guess it depends on how heavily they want to play the Palm card, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. So they want to palm their cards. Ah,
0: it sounds nah. like a magician's
1: trick. Speaking of Tesla, well, speaking of Elon Musk, who you might as well speak My of Segway. Tesla. <laughs> Segway. Have you ever tried to ride? Speak? No, you've got to be There's a guy, he must have not long bought it. I was at uh, somewhere in Ipswich on the weekend, and, and this guy looks like it's the first time he's ever tried to ride one. <laughs> and he's hopped on it and he's doing the the whole balancing thing and it's rocking backwards and forwards and he's kind of yep. got the hang of it and then he sneezes <laughs> <laughs> and this thing just launches across the <laughs> it launches across the, the the area that he's in and just hits the planet box and he goes into the planet box. Uh. He tumbles over and it bounces back off it and goes back the other way. <laughs> I was driving. Well, that's past what you need to YouTube. I only got to see like. 10 seconds of it because I was driving past but it was the funniest thing I've seen in a long time. It's hilarious. (laughs) Oh dear. Anyway, speaking of um, hilarious, no wait, speaking of Elon Musk, um, six of Tesla's board members on Wednesday confirmed they've met several times over the past week with CEO Elon Musk to discuss taking the company private, taking the (laughs) private, excuse me? Grab it by the private. (laughs) The confirmation came the day after what I that's a whole different sort of boot camp. The confirmation came a day after Musk first mentioned the idea publicly on Twitter, sending the stock market into a tizzy. Ooh, a tizzy, Ooh. wow. <laughs> okay, how old was the guy who wrote this <laughs> up? <clears throat> the statement from the board members, Brad, Brad Bus, Robin Denholm, Ira... You always pick wow. the ones with I, the weird... Ithron, Every Ithron show Prince. we
0: do, there's people who are not pronounceable.
1: <laughs> Antonio Gracias. That's and Linda, Lin, Linda Johnson Rice, and James Murdoch, uh, of course, uh, there's a Murdoch the board. Why wouldn't? Last week, Elon opened a discussion with the bonnet, with the bonnet, <laughs> with the board about taking this company private. This included discussion as to how being private could be better serve Tesla's long-term interests and also address the funding to this to occur. The board has met several times over the last week and is taking the appropriate next steps to evaluate this. Two board members didn't sign the letter. Musk's brother, Kimball Musk and venture capitalist Steve Jervison, Well, he's not going to because he's a venture capitalist. It's against his interest. Yeah. The Tesla CEO's Tuesday tweet came seemingly out of nowhere. I'm considering making Tesla a private at $420. Funding secured. $420? Uh, that's not
0: much.
1: I'm guessing he means there's probably a couple of zeros after yeah, that. Yeah, you know said. why $420, right? Yeah, I know, right? <laughs>
0: oh, I got a great idea. Why don't we take it private? You,
1: you know you're great.
0: dealing with somebody
1: you know, you're dealing with somebody who, in their business dealings, has multiple zeros at the end of their letters when they don't bother to use them anymore. <laughs> they just use the first three digits instead of all nine. They're <laughs> in the three-comma club. That's it. It is, however, it made some eye-popping statements taking Tesla's private at 4, no, it is 420 a share. They would value the electric car company at around $70 billion, much higher than its current market cap. I should look up what their current shares are. Their so price will also make the deal the biggest leverage buyout ever. Meanwhile, my must statement: of the funding was secured. Raised questions about who would provide funding. Um, I think that's the bulk of it. But <clears throat> the basically, the funding is currently not secured. They they need that to be secured. Then they can basically go ahead with it. It'll be interesting. Um, interesting to see. I think ultimately is right. I believe like. Everybody gives in grief that, especially if you watch like a guy on YouTube called Rich Rebuilds and he buys flooded damaged, written off Teslas and either salvages parts off them or rebuilds them to sell to other people. And his biggest complaint is you can't buy parts from Tesla. They won't sell you parts and they won't provide support for the vehicle for error codes and stuff like that. Yet Elon's philosophy has always been that he wants to make it an open, open platform but the biggest problem is because it's not a private company there's too many there's too many hands involved and there's no way that whatever there's penny pinches at the top they're going to allow such a powerful platform to be open uh, yeah so i'm fairly certain this, this also applies to his Powerwalls that he's making. It's a very similar software on both the Powerwall and the Tesla. Um, I'm fairly certain this is probably his main reason for doing this because he ultimately wants... His vision of the future is a vehicle that ultimately self repairs which it doesn't mean that the vehicle repairs itself. It means that the vehicle can diagnose what's wrong with itself and any repairer can repair it. Yeah. And for that to happen, it basically has to be an open source platform. Which is what he wants it to be. He's just not allowed the way the company is currently structured, it's not allowed for that to happen. Are you saying um, so? We
0: could have open source power walls,
1: more or less. There's, there's no reason why we couldn't. Um, at the end of the day, it's all running Linux. Yep, <laughs> you know, there's not that much. Everything that runs Linux these days, you know, yeah, exactly. So. that's the thing, like the power wall at the moment, you, there are some things you can tweak and some things you can hack and make it do things, but at the end of the day, it's still locked down within the parameters that they set forth now. And that's to do with warranties and stuff like that. Or once they make it open source, if you then choose to step outside those parameters and make it do something it's not designed to do, well, okay, it'll do it. Obviously you're going to avoid your warranty, but if warranty's is on an issue, go ahead, you know, so, um, Obviously, there'll be some sections that will never be opened up, like obviously the communications sector of it where it talks back to base and it has the whole integration with Tesla factory and you can't open that be up increasing. because then you're asking for hackers and stuff like that. Yeah. I get that. that That's fine. I don't have a problem with that. But yet, yeah, this other side of it that I, I reckon is why it's going private because he's always wanted it to be... Um, he's always wanted it to be that sort of platform that allows him to to basically allow anybody to work on the car. and you can I expand think... the features and people well, could even... um,
0: check back in some Git code, Git source code.
1: Well, not even that. What it means is I can go and buy his battery pack and I can go and buy, or I can go to the wreckers, I can buy a battery pack out of one car, I can buy an inverter out of another car, I can buy a motor out of another car, I can take it home, I can throw it into my car, I can download the code off the net, make it run you know what i mean and yep. you know so i think that's ultimately where it, where it, where it wants to go because i mean he wants to be everywhere and if his software is open source and his hardware is open source well other car manufacturers don't have to do any of the hard work it's done for them there's absolutely no reason why suddenly 15 leading car manufacturers aren't running tesla hardware yeah. all with a different body you know, so at the end of the day, he'll, they'll make more money from it by outsourcing their components to other people. And can you imagine the compatibility of having all
0: of the <clears throat> EVs running off the same operating system? Yeah, exactly. And um, I mean, plus it's easier I mean, for them if one person does all of the development for it. Everyone else just licenses it. Then you don't need a development team. You don't need to try and catch up to Tesla, who's been doing it for a long time. You just right. live off their their current work. They've already done it.
1: Exactly. And what it means is if you buy say you have a Tesla or you have a, a version thereof and you ride it off or you get in an accident, you can leave it parked in the backyard and your other two cars that you've got, you now have parts for those cars because at the end of the day, other than body panels and, you know quirks that are going to be given to them by the car manufacturer, but all your major mechanical components are going to be fully interchangeable. Yep. You know, so it's That's, that's a really good idea. It'll be, I mean,
0: sounds like a great future.
1: Interesting to see if it actually works that way. And I'm not saying Tesla's answer is the answer to all the problems, but with the 10 year sort of advancement they've got on everybody else, they're not the best uh, option. No, there's, there's, there is no the best option, but they're certainly going to be up there. They, at the moment, they're the best. Um, other manufacturers will capture them and exceed them. But if the platforms they're based on are all open source platforms, that benefits everybody, yep. including that particular car manufacturer, because if they seem to be doing the right thing, I think it'll get to the point where people go, well, these guys are supporting the industry by allowing other people to use their thing. So let's support them by buying their cars. It's going to be the Android of cars. Well, yeah, more or less. Hmm. Um, you know, it's not, it's, Yeah. I mean, look, Google, yes, okay, they released the core code, but other than the iPhone, there's basically not a phone on the market that doesn't run Android now. Yeah. And Samsung's got got the Samsung
0: experience. They have their own stuff on. HTC's got their own version with their skins and their launchers and stuff that that are different. Everybody's got something different.
1: And everybody prefers. Even within that infrastructure everybody prefers their particular version i prefer samsung's take over hcc's take i used to like hcc's take they'd change some stuff i don't like it anymore i prefer samsung's next phone i get i might go and get the pixel phone because i don't like the way samsung's doing something you know so even Mm -hmm. though it's at the core it's the same thing every user experience is just that different enough to make them all individual even even my s9
0: compared to your note
1: is different enough Exactly. Well, one of my mates has got the Edge S6, I think, the the first Edge. And that's where I realized it's completely useless for me because I have a big hand and when I hold the phone, it touches both sides and my fingers actually wrap a fair way around the phone. Yeah, I couldn't stand it. it. Well, I can't use an Edge because I'm touching the screen with four fingers already. Yeah. So when I try to do something, it doesn't recognise it because I'm already holding the screen.
0: Yeah, my daughter's mum got the Edge. She likes it, but she's only got little hands. So.
1: Yeah, that's right. For like, gotta yeah. be
0: I've got to be able to reach to the other side. I can't wrap
1: my fingers around. I just yeah. can't get it. <laughs> well, I mean, I can almost do that with this one. You know, yeah. like it's for me. This is a perfect size phone. But for other people, it's too big, or for you know yeah, what it's I mean? Yeah, too like, big for me. You know this the ironically this was a phablet five years ago yeah <laughs> now it's one of the little ones yeah it is there's like look at what um some of the chinese manufacturers are doing they're the 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 they're six, like six and a half seven inch screens yeah. now you know A so, recently discovered
0: floor in whatsapp could help hackers <coughs> mod- to modify and send fake messages Researchers at the Israeli cybersecurity firm Checkpoint said the vulnerability gives a hacker the possibility to intercept and manipulate messages sent by those in a group or private conversation, as well as to create and spread misinformation. WhatsApp acknowledged that it's possible for someone to manipulate the quote feature, but the company disagreed that it was a flaw. WhatsApp said the system was working as it had intended because the trade-offs to prevent such a deception by verifying every message on the platform would create enormous privacy risk or bog down the service. The company said it worked to find and remove anyone using fake WhatsApp application to spoof the service. We carefully reviewed this issue and it's the equivalent of altering an email. The spokesperson said in a statement, what checkpoint discovered had nothing to do with the security of WhatsApp's so called end to end encryption, which ensures only the sender and recipient can receive messages, he said.
1: Fair enough. Hmm. I actually, yeah, I use WhatsApp a lot. Um there's only, only
0: one person who messages me every day in WhatsApp and I've got a couple of friends I used to work with in Sydney who we have a flurry of messages happen once a month and then nothing again for another month and that's it for what me, I not like, many people, isn't it?
1: I noticed the other day too WhatsApp has now gone with video call. Uh, that's oh, okay. something they've just introduced because um, I accidentally bumped it the other day and called my sister. I thought it was through <laughs> Facebook and I realized it's through WhatsApp. I'm like, okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> But yeah, we use WhatsApp a little fair bit, mainly because where she is, um, they don't have phone signal, they've only got Wi-Fi. So, and she's got an old series one iPhone still. Yep. Um, still going. Yeah, it's still going. It's still on the original battery too. Um, and it's only runs WhatsApp. It doesn't run Facebook Messenger or anything like that. Yeah. So I've got one family member who insists on using WeChat.
0: What, who we even uses that? Isn't that oh, China? Tra- China uses
1: that. It is. That's why though, because they travel to China. They do uh, travel to China, so they use they use WeChat because they're over there quite often. It's just easier yeah. than, well, as you know, other ones don't even exist over there. So one more but, app for um, you. Oh. and communications apps. I think I've got about six different apps on here now. Because obviously, you've got you've got normal phone call and normal messaging. Yeah, and then you've got Facebook and Facebook Messenger. What's that? Um, then you've got yeah WhatsApp and WeChat, got WeChat and then there's Viber. Um, yeah, the Story Park, which is another one. Um, oh, what's the other one? There's another one here I used. To, I can't even find it now. There's <laughs> <laughs> just too like, many. Yeah, some, what's funny is somebody will message me on something, and then I'll read the message, and I'm not thinking about it. And a couple of hours, oh, I've got to get back to that person. I'm like, where was it? No,
0: no, no, no. <laughs> My daughter
1: mostly only messages me
0: through Instagram direct messenger, so if I hear that sound effect, I'm pretty sure it's her. If I hear this WhatsApp sound effect, I know who it is.
1: Yeah, and um, that's it. Then there's Twitter, of course. Yep. And then there's the other one, Foursquare. Who uses Foursquare? I think it's Foursquare. Oh, one, another one of my incredibly talented family members. Yay! It's like they found an app and went, "Hey, cool! I've got this app that does this thing." Like, yeah, it did. Like five years ago, those. other. No, no, got <laughs> oh, check it. out. like,
0: we did. We went years. through that
1: phase already. <laughs> Thanks for playing. Was that was it foursquare? Was it Foursquare that you checked in everywhere yeah. you went? Yeah. Yeah, I he must because every time he goes somewhere, I still get the check in. I'm like. <laughs> Stop, please. Stop. Nobody does <laughs> Facebook check-ins, yes, but nothing else. Thinks. Uh, so speaking of um, of mobile data, and it seems to be a very mobile-oriented show. Yeah. Um, I've got like four stories that kind of all tie together. Um, but we often bitch in this country about pricing of of some, particularly uh, data packs uh, for mobile data packs. Well, I've done a bit of digging and. Uh, we shouldn't really be complaining. Um, a friend from Canada sent me this, so they pay about 115 a month um, for just local calls. That's yep. not Canada-wide. That's just in their postcode. Jeez. For 10 gig of data, and that doesn't include. Um, well, it includes SMSs, but it includes text messages, but MMSs are. On, not included Excellent. and for 80 gig a month they pay 405 a month with Whoa. just local calls uh, or 410 with unlimited uh canada wide calls so for the same plan for this 10 gig i'm i think they've used um the vodafone pricing here i'm not 100 sure on each of these images you can see it i'm looking up at your screen you can actually read that better than i can it doesn't show it that well for me <laughs> It must be the chroma keying actually making that easier to read. I like the nice blue. Uh, well, that's green. No, it's <laughs> blue. I can see. You're, you're seeing the Aussie Tech head logo behind that. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so obviously, you know, the, we're paying, you know, $34 a month for 10 gig. They're paying 115 Wow. So we're not behind in absolutely everything. Although 78, behind in
0: $78 for 90 gig compared to 115
1: to, uh, 100, for 80. no. We're paying seven out for ninety. They're paying four hundred and five for eighty. Oh, four hundred and five. There you go. Yeah. Stop <laughs> complaining, you bloody kids. So our mobile, our mobile, data ain't that bad, but uh, <laughs> that's about the only thing it's not. <laughs> but what about um, speeds. Yeah. Well, um, the NBN is in the news again this week for several different reasons. Um, one of which is that they have finally caught up with, you know, the rest of the world ten years ago. Um, they've just launched Doxus three point one well, across the HFC network. No way. So there's two things here. One is they've released Oxus three point one. Secondly, I could have sworn a few months ago they said they were killing off um HFC. Yeah. They did. Sure, they said they that. said they, they couldn't it. it
0: wasn't working, they had to cancel it. Nobody
1: even HFC was going to get MBN. So that means that the Doxers 3.1 they've just released only on HFC isn't going to be a thing. <laughs> or they've started taking the freeze off the HFC and they're launching HFC. Yep. So the, the funny thing, what they're saying here is although... Uh, using technology from a HFC technology part to ARIS, NBN Co. is planning to deploy DOCSIS 3.1 technology across the vast majority of the NBN HFC broadband access network by 2020 in both downstream and upstream. Uh, the 3.1 is brought onto the network in an area-by-area basis. Most end-users should have immediate access to the technology as their existing NBN Co. network termination device, or NTD, inside their home is already fitted with a DOCSIS 3.1 capable technology. No, my can barely do Wi-Fi. <laughs> um, connections also be made more reliable thanks to ornithological frequency division multiplexing modulation technology. Can I say that three times fast? I can't say it once. <laughs> I know, right? And I'm sure, I'm sure nobody who works on the NBN knows what that even means. No. Um, although DOCSIS 3.1 doesn't have a higher speeds on the HSC network, that is not our core focus at the present time. So you're rolling out a package that's primarily responsible for increasing speed. Yep. But you're not interested in increasing speed. No. Glad we got that sorted out. <laughs> Thank you, NBN, for clarifying that. <laughs> yeah. Um Yeah, so it'll so they're also try. um Arius, who's the HSC network provider, is trialing full duplex Doxus which could enable 10 gigabit symmetrical speeds. Ah. Um, so in other words, in 15, 20 years' time, we may see that. Hooray! Um, then we'll be happy. Apparently, apparently, DOCSIS 3.1 NTD is already in the homes of those who have NBN HSC connections. All the NBN has to do is update the line cards in the cable modem termination systems and upgrade the software. So basically, if, yeah, if you already got a hfc or will have a hfc theoretically you should get the 3.1 as standard for us who still have uh, effectively adsl um yeah good luck with that wow <laughs> um so yes yeah, so that's kind of a double-edged sword they, they kind of drop two different uh things at the same time although nbn has confirmed this goal is to ramp up releasing 100 000 new premises a month on the HFC network by the end of september it should mean that the NBN connections are back on schedule and the Aussie broadband customers with with a held HSC order should be seeing some action soon. Yay. Um, I think Glenn said so, he's
0: still slated for January, February.
1: Yeah. They the, haven't said about year, though.
0: <laughs> Don't tell him <laughs> that. That's the secret.
1: Um, and on a similar related note, movie and TV piracy drops across Australia. What? You're for crazy. We're the kings. Like, according to a survey by the federal government
0: yeah don't worry said, about it we sorted it all out obviously we
1: did a survey and it said we were right because it is probably in quotation marks and that's there not that's actually written <laughs> due to a greater availability of legal content where or perhaps the fact that the internet's that bad you can't download for shit. Yeah. <laughs>
0: It's really um, easy, you just sign up for Netflix, you sign up for Stan, you sign up for Foxtel Presto, and all the others, and then you can watch anything you want and just pay like 50 bucks a month.
1: Well, unless you don't have the bandwidth to watch any of those, in which case, <laughs> in That's which case high. you pay 50 bucks a month, you still have the bandwidth to watch any of those. Yeah. <laughs> um, but what's funny though, the way that they've done this, they're... they're very careful with the way they've sort of made this chart up now and it, it's it's broken up into, and I don't really understand how they've done this, but they've broken it up into 100% lawfully consumed, mix of lawful and unlawful consumption and 100% lawfully, unlawfully consumed. So <laughs> I'm not quite sure how they've decided exactly, you know, because...
0: Statistics, how do they like- work?
1: If you're watching a YouTube video, like you watch say, um, this the what's it called? The Quest of the Game Child, Stuart Ashens. Yep. It's legally available on YouTube, but it also can be purchased. Ah. So if you're watching that, what do they call that? Like it it's legally to what it's legal to watch digitally for free, but you can also purchase a DVD of it. <laughs> So I'm not quite sure how, and it's not the only one, it's the first one that came to mind, but I'm not quite sure how they're breaking this chart up. But basically, um, mind you, this was a massive survey this year. They quizzed nearly two and a half thousand people. Wow. So statistically across Australia, it must be correct. Yep. Um, <laughs> so, Small but yeah, basically- Small
0: sample is 100% indicative of the rest of the
1: country. Yeah, exactly. Um, So, basically, they found 50% of consumers said they would give up um, if faced with a block site because they've never heard of a VPN, (laughs) 34% would seek alternative lawful access and 7% would try to bypass the block site. They have heard of a VPN. Um, Of those who encountered the block site, 46% that gave up, 90% sought alternative free lawful access and 15% sought alternative free and lawful access. Fewer than 1% says they were able to bypass the website block. Fewer than one percent of our population know what a VPN is. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> the well, there we go. It actually, says want to know. Less than 1%, it actually says two two paragraphs further down. Less than one percent managed to bypass the block website and to achieve this, participants used the VPN of pro- or a proxy website. <laughs> Flix. Although, t- apparently, fifteen percent of those one percent uh, use Google Translate. So there must be some backdoor in Google Translate (laughs) that I'm I'm unfamiliar with. (laughs)
0: Why don't you Google it?
1: Yeah. Google. Google Translate defeat copyright. (laughs) (laughs) So website blocking had been legislated under the Copyright Amendment Online Infringement Act uh, back in mid-2015. allows rights holders to obtain a court order to block a website hosted overseas. That are deemed to exist for the primary purpose of infringing or facilitating infringement of copyright under Section 115A, which, by the way, is a completely illegal legislation that passed. But anyway, um, of course it did. Yeah, it's so, for a business that
0: has a lot of lobbying money. Thank you very much.
1: Yeah, that's right. So basically, um, over the three years since that's been three years, well, how many people? What do they say they've got? Um, Fifteen million dollars. I read, so I can't find it in this article. It must be different. I think it's fifteen or seventeen million dollars they spent in three years, and they've successfully blocked 150 domains.
0: Whoa, that's like half the internet, dude.
1: (laughs) That's like a million dollars per domain. (laughs) (laughs) It's cost them to block. Like seriously, isn't that somebody just edits a text file and hits go? (laughs) Pretty much. Yep. um Oh, and that's that's internationally. Domestically, they've managed to get local service providers to block sixteen websites. <laughs> <laughs> I think five of those were the Australian government at one point. Yep. Wasn't there a big thing where they cocked up and they blocked like the the a couple of the government websites or settling's website or something because well, it was on they the same also host?
0: Blocked, They also blocked shared servers. Yeah. So one one person one person had a .mov on there. They blocked the IP address, and suddenly all these businesses were losing customers and money because no one could get to their website.
1: Yeah, because they yeah that's right because they blo- just blocked the IP address of that yeah. server. Yeah. <laughs> Good one. Instead of instead of that one website. That's how the internet works. Oh, right, and just just in case you thought you could go on, you know. <clears throat> Have a uh, review placed on a website to say you block it? No, no. Under the ruling, rights holders are able to pay a fifty dollar p per fifty dollar fee per domain that they want to block. So you can't just suspect a website of having being illegal and saying, "Hey, you should block that." No, no. You've got to pay them money so that their million dollars. It's going to cost it. me
0: fifty bucks to have AussieTechHeads.com.au dot com dot blocked. <laughs>
1: Uh, it might so. be worth
0: it for the lulls. Only kidding, <laughs> Glenn. It's okay. Uh, but Anybody it's want so to make funny. a donation to that?
1: But the, what, what I find ironic is it's $50 to block a website and it's about $3 to buy a VPN to unblock it. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, good luck with that, Excellent. guys. Just tell me how that's going. <clears throat>
0: I got one story
1: to finish up for me.
0: Have you got any more? I have one semi story. Last month, the BBC headed to court to track down a person who leaked an incomplete scene featuring Jodie Whittaker's 13th doctor. New court documents suggest the British broadcaster has yet to find the perpetrator and is hoping Microsoft can help. At a federal court in Washington, the BBC requested a DMCA subpoena targeted at a OneDrive user who shared the infringing material online late June. Torrent Freak reports... In an effort to track down the source of the leak, the BBC has taken the matter to US courts. Last month it obtained a DMCA subpoena from a California federal court, ordering the forum tool Tappertalk to identify the source of an infringing post. Whether this resulted in any useful information is unknown, but a few days ago it became clear the BBC is still investigating the matter. In a separate effort, BBC studios have filed a request for a DMCA subpoena at a federal court in Washington. This time it's directed at Microsoft. According to the BBC, a user of Microsoft's OneDrive stored and shared a copy of the leaked file titled img-i536.trim.mov. The infringing material includes, without limitation, an unauthorised copy of copyrighted video content from Season 11 Episode 1 of Doctor Who, for which BBC Worldwide Limited, trading as BBC Studios, is exclusive licensee. <clears throat> According to the BBC, the footage in question was stolen from the studio. Through the subpoena, the company hopes to find out more about the source of this leak and prevent similar situations going forward. It asked Microsoft to hand over any relevant information that can be helped can be helped to identify the account holder who uploaded the video, which was added to OneDrive back in June. This includes any name, account name, address, telephone number, email address, birth date profile photo device information browser information location information information from others like Facebook or Google+ and the time posted and his mother's <coughs> maiden name and his father-in-law's middle name and his great-grandfather the guy who lives next door let me let me let me make this
1: clear um, no <laughs> because basically, the person who is smart enough to obtain that footage, which by the way, is done in house in your own editing suites because they're the people who get to see it, um, who would have uploaded it through a VPN with an anonymous account and anybody can create a Hotmail account to have a OneDrive account. So good luck with that. But we know the IP address. <laughs> it said Netherlands. Yeah. We don't have a shit in the Netherlands, so it can't be one of our guys. <laughs> Like seriously, if you have footage that has only been seen by four people and two of them work in a studio editing suite, guess who it probably is. <laughs> we outsource everything these days. Oh, it's ridiculous because that's a good waste of yeah. You because know, you know they clearly have so much money to be throwing around that that's a good investment for it. Yep. <laughs> wouldn't you? Wouldn't you just one up them and go? Here's a preview of the first episode. And include those scenes plus other ones. Yep. And then that footage becomes irrelevant. <laughs> like, Everything's about the suing these days, son. But what What are you suing? For what? You, you, you're you, going to get some guy, 15-year-old, in his mum's basin who doesn't have any money anyway. What are they going to do? It's the point of... <laughs> it's just so frustrating. Like, seriously. Yeah. These bureaucrats and do good is need to go back to whatever cave they crawled out of under <laughs> Sick of it. Speaking of um, caves? <laughs> speaking, of, speaking of being sick of it, Windows 10 gets a new in-private desktop feature. Now, oh. I don't have any systems with Windows 10. Oh, I have a laptop that runs sometimes. <laughs> um, it tries to, doesn't it? <laughs> so, but I basically don't have anything that runs Windows 10 successfully. But um, Microsoft is working on a what they call a throwaway sandbox for one-time execution of untrusted software so um, it's gonna be called in in private desktop it acts like a throwaway sandbox so uh, you basically you get a, an email some some there is the odd spam email that looks remotely legitimate but you're not quite sure. Um, well, that's okay because you just open it. But when you open it, you don't open it regularly. You open it in the sandbox. It opens it up there. It does the virus scan, does everything it's got to do with the files legit. You can then copy it across your system. If it's not legit, you just close the sandbox and the problem goes away. Hmm. Um, so it's a really good idea. Um, it
0: wouldn't be able to install
1: any key loggers or turn on your hmm. webcam or capture your data that you're typing into your bank account. And every time you throw a thumb drive in or whatever, you can open it up in the sandbox. Hmm.
0: We're keeping you up. It's a bit past oh, your bedtime. Been,
1: been a long oh, wait, day. no, that's Glenn. Yeah. Um, but yeah, another the feature they're looking at adding um, is called uh, well, it's Windows 10 Enterprise for Remote Sessions. <clears throat> but basically, it's a multi session remote access. So if you've got one system setting there, you can have. Several people all logging into a remote session on that system at the same time. Yeah, um, goes back to the good old days when you used to be able to do that with um, oh, log me. Was it log? No, what was that Norton one? Pre-log me in. You used to be able to uh, have it sitting on your server at work, and basically anybody could log into it from home oh, and dear. access their own section on that server. They all had allocated memory and allocated processor that they could use whilst on the server. Yeah, um, wish use it all work, I can't think what's what it's called, back in like 90, not 2000, 2001, somewhere around there. But, but so basically, they're bringing that, that's called um, Windows, uh, Windows yeah, 10 Enterprise Remote. So, it'll be interesting to see um, the testing, they found it during the testing of Windows 10 Redstone. Is the People latest might update. not need Citrix anymore. No, well, I think if you've got a small business with you know, half a dozen employees who need to occasionally jump on, access emails or access remote files. Um, Certainly not a bad idea. I mean, it would make, it would be good because, especially if you've got something, say, a real estate company or an online sales company where there's basically never anybody in the office, you're always on the road. You don't need to set up one server and everybody can log into that instead of having everybody have their own desktop, you know, it even means that if they did bring their laptop in, they still wanted to jump on the server, they can still do that. So yeah, that's great. actually not, not a half battle. It is surprising that uh, Microsoft's doing it, which is probably the most surprising part about the whole thing. <laughs> um, but it reminds me, there's a, there used to be a program called Sandboxy. Yeah. Um, back in the day, I don't know if it's still around actually, I haven't looked. But Sandboxy was the same sort of thing. It was literally a little app that you could run if you wanted to get you know, as I said, zip files or strange files, you weren't quite sure about them. You could load them up in Zipboxy and it would run it in a, in a standalone single application sandbox.
0: Yep. Sandboxy.com.
1: Oh, Spelled
0: B-O-X-I-E.
1: Yeah. Sandboxy now supports Windows 10. Click here to download it. So that's interesting hmm. that, hmm. So the question is, will people use Sandboxy still or will they use the integrated Windows 10 one?
0: Depends on if they got a server or a normal Windows computer that they want to connect to. Sandboxy just runs on like a professional soft Windows, wouldn't it? We wouldn't have to get Enterprise or anything.
1: Yeah, I believe. Yeah, that's probably the difference. Yeah, that'd yeah. be right. It's, on, it's for Enterprise. Yeah, that makes sense. So when you crack your copy of Windows and you forget to click the Enterprise button, yeah, um, <laughs> you can use Sandboxy instead. Because who doesn't want to log on to a domain at home? <laughs> well, yeah. That's that's interesting. I mean, given that the well, we know they're all exactly the same version of Windows, just it unlocks different levels of stuff depending on which one you you do.
0: Yeah, I think you can play like uh, Candy Crush, and you can unlock the newer levels the longer you play Candy Crush.
1: <laughs> it comes it, it comes built into Windows Ten. <laughs> but I'm wondering if Enterprise, because even Windows Candy 7 Crush Soda Saga is in, in my Windows comes <laughs> because there's there was in windows 7 there was what beginner basic home and pro or something or home basic yeah. and pro or something it was like an ultimate there was four different levels in there but with i guess enterprise being thrown in aim more at the corporate and the server side of it um is there anything in there that's really worth the extra effort of installing enterprise that you can't get obviously sandbox is one thing you can get so yeah i guess I if know. you're getting enterprise anyway for the enterprise features then this is another
0: cool thing to have if not use sandboxy
1: i guess being integrated is probably one less thing you need to set up i suppose yeah that was the worst part And you can trust day, it because it's
0: from microsoft so it's going to be bulletproof
1: <clears throat> oh yeah no, no, no back doors no no hidden features, be perfectly reliable and stable. There'll be nothing wrong with that. <laughs> so, it
0: just works.
1: But remember back in the day of Windows NT four and even early Server two thousand, you'd install it and you just there's a desktop. Yep. I'm like, okay, I now need to make this into a server. Yep. <laughs> it, didn't, it didn't come as a server. It came as a desktop that you yep. had to. do. It's <laughs> like. <laughs> so, you spend the next week installing all these applications yeah, and Enabling making them all more. work and sharing stuff. And... Which is better
0: than the, the original ones where they just installed everything. And so you had a vulnerable web server running when you didn't even use <laughs> it for web. You had a
1: vulnerable FTP server and vulnerable name server. and uh, Well, back in, I mean, NT four is even worse than that because if you wanted multi-user capabilities, you had to install, um, I can't think of the... Not net. Oh, what was it? Wow. There was actually a DOS program you had to install to enable multi uh, network cards and. Oh yeah. And, uh, what was it? Something. I can't think what it's called now. OS two. Uh, be... <laughs> yeah, that's it. The OS two warp. warp. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, fast. Uh, it, well, actually, it was. It was actually quick. It yep. was. It was It was useless, but it was quick. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It was the
0: future for a while. Then
1: Microsoft said, Hey,
0: that's a good idea, let's
1: do that. OS2 missed the boat by about 12 months, I reckon. They could have been the default. Had they had been 12 months earlier in what they were doing, they would have been there. The biggest problem I think I ever saw with OS2, I was working at, uh, I was doing work experience in Sydney at the time in year 10, which was about 95, I think. A couple of years ago. um, and I was actually at the IBM factory in Sydney, yeah. Uh, or the IBM data center, and they were actually making uh, copies of OS2. walk back in those days, and they had a room probably the size of my house, yep. literally full of scuzzy eight bay towers with single speed cartridge burners in in every tower, all uh, the way around. the room. flat out. And you would put one copy in the top one, the original, and then the other seven would just mirror that one. Right. And they had this room full of all these, <laughs> making all these masters of OS two warp.
0: You remember when people used to pirate software using those towers? <laughs> no.
1: Who pirates onto a CD or DVD anymore anyway? <laughs> I don't even own removable. I, I won't Well, that's not true. I've got thumb drives. But other it. than thumb drives, I don't own removable storage. I was actually looking for a CD the other day because I wanted to. I wanted to make a thing for Bub just to, you know, hang, make shiny stuff and whatever. And yeah. I'm like, oh yeah, a couple of CDs will do. I don't know. Where do you going? <laughs> I don't even. I went to the two dollars shop. Nah, they not right. You know when the two dollars shop doesn't have it anymore. It's gone. You know, it's gone. Because up, right. up until a couple of years ago, I can still buy floppy, floppy disks at a $2 shop. <laughs> you, you can't even get CDs there now. That's very sad. It <laughs> actually, it, My it is. Done. I um, I needed a floppy disk a couple of months ago. I flashed a BIOS unsuccessfully and bricked the computer. Yep. And the only thing it recognizes is it by default looks for the image on a floppy drive. Yep. So, I thankfully had a USB floppy drive, which the system deems a standard floppy drive, which was great. And I was happy yeah. about that. But I didn't have a disk. <laughs> I spent a week Look. trying to find one floppy disk. <laughs> I ended up ringing a mate of mine who has an Amiga 500 yeah. and said, Hey, have you got a blank disk or a disk that I can use on that? And he goes, Oh, dude, my stuff's like 25 years old. I said, No, they'll be fine. They're Amiga disks. Yeah. Sure enough, he sent me an old Amiga workbench disk that he had a million copies of. Yep. And, yeah. And I put it into the laptop with the USB floppy drive, booted it up. Obviously, it didn't recognize it, but reformatted it. And and this 25-year-old, 30-year-old floppy disk took the data perfectly and worked perfectly saved fine. Saved your life. <laughs> <laughs> by an Amiga floppy. Oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, dear. Uh,
0: anyway, thanks for listening to the Aussie Tech Head Show broadcast Such weekly. Old <laughs> We can be found at facebook.com slash Aussie twitter.com slash Aussie and youtube.com slash Aussie Tech There's a daily newspaper that Glenn puts on Twitter. You can email us, uh, glenn at aussietechheads.com.au and will and warlock at aussietechheads.com.au. You can hear Aussie Tech Heads on aussietechradio.com 24-7 back-to-back play of some of the best related shows. Tech related shows from around Australia and New Zealand and new shows are added each Friday. And thanks for listening and uh, Glenn and
1: the double J's will be back next time. (laughs) See you then. (laughs) Almost as good as a triple (laughs) J. See ya.